Welcome to another episode of the Thoughts with Lachman podcast. My name is Lachman Sybil. I'm a senior at the Edgemont High School, and I'm really passionate about German culture. It's a major interest of mine. And in this podcast, I really just share um, certain things that I read that I find interesting. I, I do research on it, and I put together a, a podcast on it. Um, my goal is really with the podcast to increase German cultural awareness to try and... Um, help other people see, you know, the side of German culture that I've seen and um, encourage people to, to be more culturally curious and to uh, have and just help people have a greater understanding. I mean, some of the things we talk about in our podcast, for example, we, you know, we some serious things, some less serious things. We've spoken about the German government structure, um, German politics. We've focused on multiple topics in German history. Then we've also focused on like topics, um, such as why Germans, uh, you know, invented Fanta or some cultural traditions like watching dinner for one every New Year's Eve. Um, so today's episode, I have something really um, interesting. And I actually read a, a novel, a couple novels on this. Um, well, I read one novel that kind of touched on this in a chapter um, a couple of years ago. But we're going to be talking about Jesse Owens. Um, in the 1936 Olympics. And Jesse Owens is an American, but this ties to German culture because the 1936 Olympics were in Berlin. And um, Jesse Owens' success in these Olympics is really symbolic of, I mean, to very generally, you could say, good versus evil. Um, the Nazi, you know, regime um, that w- that was... In the Third Reich, that was, you know, had control of Germany during this time. Um, but Jesse Owens was very successful. And he, you know, he won multiple gold medals. Um, but I, I think it's interesting to really explore the nuances of this topic. So first, you know, to set the scene, um, Hitler actually didn't have any interest in, in hosting the Olympics in 1936. Um, when they were, before the Olympics were starting, they were planning everything out. Um, you know, he, he believed that, you know, the Olympics were a form of theater. Um, he even said that the games were an invention of Jews. And that kind of drove him, that kind of drove him to dismiss the games at first and not be interested. But uh, Joseph Goebbels, who's is famous, he's... Anyone who studies German history deeply will know who Joseph Goebbels is because he, he has a very major role in Nazi propaganda. Um, and it's very interesting because Joseph Goebbels actually um, helped out. Um, he, he has an interesting role in how he turned sides um, after um, the Nazis fell after World War II and, and the Allied powers had more control in West Germany and he actually assisted them in exchange for freedom with their propaganda strategy. Um, but he was the minister of propaganda under Hitler. And he convinced Hitler that the Olympics aren't a waste of time, but they can actually be like a, a platform for projecting the, uh, the Nazi ideology. Um, and there's a great book on this by Christopher Hilton. Um, it's titled Hitler's Olympics, the 1936 Berlin Olympic Games. And that was the novel I was referring to earlier. I, I, I was just looking at my notes, I forgot to mention it, but, you know, Goebbels, um, he, he was very creative in his propaganda strategy, and he was always keen to explore new ways to, um, 
expand his message, expand their message. Um, and they kind of, they, they, they viewed the Olympics as an opportunity to advertise, you know, their, their supremacist ideology and, and German nationalism. Um, just to give more historical context, you know, at this, at this period in German history, um, unrelated to sports, but, you know, trade unions were being banned, um, communist property was being seized, um, un-German books were being burnt, um, you know, Jews were being stripped of their rights, they were being bundled off to concentration camps, um, you know, marriage between Aryans and Jews was banned, and there was even a race council that was set up to stop mixed marriages. You know, you had the Gestapo, you know, the Nazi secret police. Um, they were torturing prisoners. Um, and it's important to remember, right? All this is going on in Germany. And the rest of the world is kind of aware, but they're also kind of not aware, if that makes sense. They're, they understand that, you know, there's a human rights crisis in in Germany, but... They don't, well, they, they understand that there's something up in Germany, but I don't, I don't think the rest of the world, I mean, there's, there's all sorts of literature on this, but the rest of the world wasn't as aware. American soldiers were shocked to find uh, Jews in concentration camps during the war when they were fighting. And even though, you know, they were aware of these things, they, didn't, they weren't aware of how bad they were. Um, and so, when, you know, when you're going to have the Olympics in Germany, um, that's an it's going to bring a lot of attention on Germany from the rest of the world. And, uh, you know, the, there was a, certainly a, a sizable risk that um, these practices in Germany, un, under Nazi Germany, um, would be discovered by the rest of the world. And how would that impact, um, you know, the future of the Nazi regime? So to kind of look after that, um, Goebbels set up a, uh, an organizing committee um, that would kind of protect, that would focus on PR and, and the message and, and, you know, would protect um, against, you know, these German practices. They would um, deal with the press, the radio, um, all the Olympic news, and, and they would put out the message for the international nations. Um, you know, artists were even enlisted to design Berlin. They wanted to make Berlin look majestic. They wanted to really use the Olympics as, as, a, as a way to, to demonstrate the success of the Nazis. And, um, and it's interesting, you know, because if you want the Olympics to be a portrayal of the success of, of Germany and, you know, you want German nationalism, even today with the Olympics, right? When, when you support your country in the Olympics, um, what raises pride? What brings pride? What brings a little bit more nationalism? If you can, but not nationalism the way the Germans viewed it. Just, just pride and, and pride for your country. Well, that's Olympic success, right? If you know people do well from your country, they, if you win a lot of gold medals, that's going to make your country, the people of your country, feel more proud to be from your country, and that's going to increase um, pride and, and patriotism. I'm hesitant to say nationalism because of the of the uh, 
connotation behind it and the way it's used in the German context during the Third Reich, but I think you get what I mean. And to be successful, right, because you can decorate Berlin and you can make Berlin look majestic, but ultimately success in the competition um, will bring the most nationalism and pride. And, you know, there's all sorts of theories whether the Olympics were rigged or not in Berlin. Um, some more, you know, more, more deeper than others. But what's interesting is that not all... There are two very famous, two or three actually, very famous German athletes who were Jewish. And I'm going to focus the next episode of the podcast on one of them, Helen Mayer. Um, Erich Seelig's the other one. He was a, a middleweight champion of Germany and he was a Jew. Um, and he was actually warned that, you know, he'd be killed if he entered into the, uh, the ring in the Olympics. Um, and he was stripped of his German ties by the Nazis. So he fled to France and the U.S. And he'd actually, um, fight for the, uh, you know, the European and World Middleweight Welt Championships. And he's actually in the New Jersey Boxing Hall of Fame, which is really a, it's a cool story, how he was able to overcome that obstacle and overcome that adversity. But, um, like I said, we're going to be focused on the next podcast episode on Helen Mayer. Um, she's another Jewish German, but that's another um, conflict within this, right? Jewish-German athletes weren't really, I mean, it's Nazi Germany, right? Even though these athletes are really good, and they technically would have helped increase German patriotism and pride, which was the very goal of, of Hitler to have the Olympics in Berlin. Um, you know, what's more important, right? Standing through, tr- true to his, uh, you know, Aryan white supremacist ideology and not letting the Jewish athletes compete or letting them compete and raise nationalism in Germany despite their Jewish heritage. Um, so that's another conflict to consider, um, you know, when, when focusing on the situation. Um, and I think it's interesting, too, because it's not, of course, it's an easy decision for us. But, you know, when you think about how Hitler prioritized everything, because he strongly valued his, his ideology, but he also strongly valued um, raising German nationalism. That's how, that was a key component of their propaganda strategy that was very effective um, under the Third Reich. You know, on April 25th, um, 1933, uh, the Reich Sports Office implemented an Aryans-only policy um, in all German sports organizations. And the, uh, the German Gymnastic Society declared that Aryan ancestry was mandatory for membership. Um, you know, this excluded Jews and non-Aryans were prohibited from being, you know, from, from joining the, uh, the team. Um, Again, right, focusing on how Germany's actions are viewed by the rest of the world. So by banning Jews and and implementing an Aryans-only policy, this caught the attention of the International Olympics Committee. Um, And uh, it had international implications. You know, the American delegation told the uh, International Olympics Committee that the game should not be held in Berlin if if, uh, the Nazis you know, held on to this position that they would have an Aryans-only policy for their athletic organizations. Um, and this gained momentum, by the way. Other nations supported it, and there was more and more speculation that, you know, the games would not actually be held in, in Berlin. Um, 
and, and that's interesting. But by 1935, I remember the 1936 Olympics, so 1935, late 1935, actually, um, the IOC, the International Olympic Committee, they, they came to an agreement that um, allowed Jewish athletes to compete in the game. Hitler wanted the rule to apply only for visiting teams, um, and he even considered staging his own version of the Olympics called the German Olympics. Um, you know, there was fear that many countries would boycott the Olympics, would boycott, sorry, not boycott, um, boycott, I, I wrote it down with a, with a, out of zero, without a, oh, um, I think, there, there was fear that many countries would boycott the Olympics, um, you know, if, if Germany was going to continue to the, and remember, right, even though, um, you know, 1930s, everybody's a lot more culturally conservative, interracial marriage is far more, I mean, the United, the U.S. is very racist at that time. Um, they still, it didn't compare to Germany um, and, and what was going on to the Jews. And there was, it's, there was still, many countries paused when, when, when they learned about, you know, the bans on Jews. But it it is certainly ironic because there's you know African Americans were being banned either through real segregation which existed at the time and also de facto segregation um, for many parts of American life so it's a little hypocritical that certain countries you know um, went after Germany when their own uh, countries they had domestic conflict with race or 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 heritage but um, you know it's definitely positive that, you know, that they came together and allowed Jewish athletes to compete. Um, ultimately, the Nazis weren't really able to get their way here. You know, Hitler really valued the power of having the Olympics in Berlin and that's kind of why he agreed, even though the IOC was very firm in their position. Um, and Hitler, you know, went back and forth. Hitler tried to, um, like we said, like I said, you know, count that that policy that Jewish athletes are allowed only for visiting teams, but they didn't agree. Um, you know, there was lots of... Um, Resources dedicated to the promotion of the games in in Berlin. Um, yeah, thousands of people rehearsed for months. You know, with marching bands and, you know, more than three thousand runners were asked to carry the Olympic tor- torch from Athens to Berlin. Um, you know, all the German teams had been nearly purged. Nearly keyword because there still were a few Jew- Jewish athletes playing on the German teams. Um, you know, German journalists um, used the Olympics. They were ordered to use the Olympics to further Hitler's propaganda. Um, and they were even warned, actually, not to publish anything before receiving the official press report from the government um, on, on events. You know, the Ministry of Propaganda warned journalists um, that reports about, you know, any interracial um, marriages or, 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 you know, relationships should be reduced at this time. Um, and before, you know, events, when Hitler entered, loudspeakers blared his announcement. Um, you know, the French and Austrian teams even, you know, ex- 
extended their arms in a Nazi salute, and they were uh, giving them an ovation for that. It's actually a really cool video um, of the French team having the giving the Nazi salute, and and it's almost a sim a symbol of. Um, Um, part, partly um, disillusionment, but also um, um, but partly disillusionment, but mainly the, the fact that um it's not really isolationism it's more um um I'll come back to it but um the, the allied powers they they didn't want to engage in um in conflict with Hitler or or the Germans and um they kind of gave in to to Hitler and the Germans in, by the way, the word I was looking for, appeasement, that was the uh, specific strategy. Um, and it truly was appeasement, right? They were, they were trying to appease um, Hitler and Germany. They were trying to reduce tensions the best they could, the Allied powers did. And that meant, you know, not being firm, not being strong, and uh, giving in. And I think, in, in, you know, in history... Um, the image of the French Olympic athletes giving the salute um, is kind of a symbol of, of appeasement um, from from that from that period, and I think I found that interesting. Um, you know, Hitler dominated proceedings throughout the Olympics. He was present for many events. You know, like I said. There was always a, a, a big uh, entrance and, and, you know, you knew, you certainly knew when he arrived into a, uh, into an arena. Um, you know. Cool. Um, I'm actually, my parents are Indian and my dad played field hockey and, um, Cool thing with India, I, I wrote down because my grandfather actually told me about this. But India beat Germany eight one in in men's field hockey, and uh, you know their famous player uh, Dion Chand met Hitler, and uh, Hitler told him, "If you were German, I would have made you a major general." Um, after the game, but uh, you know India's eight one victory over Germany is kind of seen in India as a a big victory for democracy over. Uh, over Hitler, Hitler's government, um, and his dictatorship. German athletes actually did do well um, in the Olympics. They won 89 medals, um, 33 gold, and they won the most medals in the Olympics. Um, you know, this was the first Olympics to be televised. Um, and it was part of Hitler's project to really increase... Um, it really promote the Olympics and, and increase uh, awareness. So now that we've kind of set the scene, we've, we've focused on the Olympics, we've discussed the 1936 Olympics, um, it, 
it becomes easier to understand why what Jesse Owens did was so powerful. Um, so, Jesse Owens was um, an African-American student at Ohio State uh, and Ohio State University. Um, and he just, he was a great runner. And he came to, to the Olympics to run. And that was really, he, he wasn't trying to make a, a big statement. Um, he just wanted to, to compete and run. Um, you know, the uh, NAACP um, actually tried to dissuade Owens from taking part in the games because he'd promote a racist regime. Um, but Owens still wanted to compete. Um, and I think I actually disagree with their position because I think, I don't know, it's interesting. Like, I understand what they're saying that an African-American athlete going to compete is kind of like giving in. But I think what Jesse Owens was able to do, be successful and stand up to Hitler and, and stand up to, to their ideology, I think that's far more powerful because it, it gives hope to other African-Americans, you know, that aren't maybe aren't as talented as Jesse Owens, but they're still dealing with segregation, whether it's in the U.S. Um, or across Europe. And uh, I think, yeah, I mean, that that's my take on that. Um, but I understand why they, they didn't want him to, to compete because, it, I mean, the Olympics were... It's interesting. There are books about, like, why certain countries, why didn't more countries boycott the Olympics and because of, you know, the obvious practices going on with Germany at the time. And, you know, their, their clear intent, um, the fact that they tried to ban Jews and, you know, they almost had, they basically had a de facto ban after the IOC came to, came to that agreement. So... Yeah, I mean, it, it's certainly interesting. Um, you know, Jesse Owens is very talented, though. You know, he he uh, was very successful in Ann Arbor, uh, the Big Ten Championships. Um, Big Ten's a really historical sports conference, by the way. I mean, it was still around back then. Um, still vibrant today. Um, he grew up in poverty. You know, uh, he in his biography is all sorts of uh, short stories and an anecdotes of the child that he grew up in and how his family lacked money to pay for the medical bills and you know for himself and his mother performed like surgery surgery on him alone um makeshift surgery um and uh he, he truly fought tons of adversity and fought against all the odds to to make it to the to the games. So Owens won gold in three events from August 3rd to August 5th. Um, he won the 100-meter dash, um, the long jump, and the 200-meter sprint. Um, obviously, I mean, if you win three gold medals, I mean, you're, you're certainly going to become a star. And uh, what's fascinating about Jesse Owens was that he wasn't just a star with the American people. You know, he became popular with the German crowd in Berlin. And that's fascinating. It truly is fascinating. He's an African-American athlete in 1936 in Nazi Germany, and he's becoming a champion with the German people. Um, and it's because of who he was, how he ran. Um, you know, people said he was an effortless sprinter. Um, and I find that so interesting. Um, 
you know, at the end of the Olympics, one of the last events was the uh, the 400-meter relay, and Owens was in the team, and uh, after, this was after he won his first three gold medals at the Olympics, and, you know, there were many in the German crowd who were even rooting for the U.S. in this event. Um, I don't think Germany was... Either they were in it or... And, like, they weren't going to compete for a medal or they weren't even in it, but still the fact that many of the German crowd were, were rooting for Owens in the U.S. here was... Because remember, they're getting Nazi propaganda telling them to hate the U.S., right? Um, you know, we talked about Joseph Goebbels and, and the Ministry of Propaganda. There was a serious propaganda effort in Germany. And uh, the fact that Jesse Owens was so powerful of an athlete, and athletes do have that power. Um, they really inspire people. And the fact that he was able to make Germans temporarily forget everything, right? Forget the years of propaganda um, that they've been dealt with, they've been experiencing, and to support him and the U.S. team. Now, obviously, it's not, it's not like every German just started becoming, you know, started supporting the American team, but they supported Jesse Owens, and they rooted for him and, and the American team in the real life, and that was interesting. There are a couple cool pictures that people have of, you know, Germans cheering, and, and it's, it's really cool. You know, it's questioned um, whether Hitler actually shook Jesse Owens' hand after the 100-meter finals. Jesse Owens himself has said that, you know, Hitler did, but it was questioned. Um, but really, the success of Jesse Owens was kind of like, it was, it was a symbolic moment of classic good versus evil, and it it hurt the Nazis, it hurt Hitler, um, and uh, it was it was a great moment for everyone who criticized and questioned Hitler's supremacist ideology. Um, and it's also important for uh, African American culture, right? I mean, the nineteen twenties and nineteen thirties with the Harlem Renaissance and Seeing Jesse Owens, you know, sports um, were a crucial part of helping uh, African-Americans gain more prominence in American culture because they'd been shunned out of so many things. There was so much racism. They, they couldn't do certain things, but in so many industries because, you know, they just would not be, there's there so much racism. But in sports, you know, if you're good, you're good. You know, if you're good, you're good. If you can run fast and you're hardworking and you, and you put in the work and, and you're good, um, you know, it's difficult because it's so obvious, right? Like, you can't take sprinters that are slower than other sprinters um, just because they're white. Because the, the, the coaches are driven to win. They're going to get fired if the team isn't winning. Um, and, you know, you see it in baseball with Jackie Robinson. I mean, Jesse Owens is a great example of it. And it, it inspired African-Americans. It gave them a greater role in American culture. Um, and it, it truly was it truly was really powerful. Um, um, and, you know, at least when, when, within a German context here, um, Jesse Owens really, he inspired some German people. You know, he made more people question Hitler. Um, 
Uh, and uh, it was, he was almost a beacon of hope, right, under these Olympic Games where, you know, you had disagreements over whether Jews can compete and that whole thing with the IOC and, you know, Jews were allowed to compete, but then the Germans purged basically all the Jews off their teams, um, basically all, not all. There were a couple, and we're going to focus on that in the next episode. Um, but, um, you know, Jesse Owens symbolized hope in, in these dark times for, for people hoping that the values of equality and, and fairness and democracy would stand true. Um, but yeah, thank you for uh, listening to the podcast. I think this topic's really interesting. Um, you know, a couple books I recommend... Um, there are lots of books on this topic. It depends really whether you want it from a, um, a an American standpoint or a German standpoint. There are a couple. There's um, Jesse Owens, Adolf Hitler in the 1936 Summer Olympics by Doug West. Um, Triumph by Jeremy Schnapp. Um, Defying Hitler, Jesse Owens, Olympic Triumph. Um, Nazi Games. The Olympics of 1936. That's more from a, a German standpoint, and also from um, by Christopher Hilton, uh, Hitler's Olympics, the 1936 Berlin Games. Um, so those are a couple books on the topic. Um, but yeah, thank you for uh, listening to the podcast. In the next episode, we're going to focus on Helen Mayer. Um, I'm actually going to yeah, I'm I'm really excited to focus on that. I read a little bit about it. I'm going to read more about it this week, and then. Uh, yeah, I'll have the next episode ready, um, and we're going to continue to focus on the 1936 Berlin Olympics. But thank you for listening to the podcast, and uh, I hope you enjoyed.